This is the Tame Aperture Podcast. Open the pod bay doors, Cal. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. Welcome to the Team Aperture Podcast, where we talk all things movies, from first-time directors, indie, art house, and much, much more. Check us out at www.tameaperture.com for previous episodes and to make suggestions on future episodes. Today on the podcast, we talk Bottle Rocket from Wes Anderson, starring Luke Wilson, Owen Wilson, and James in 1992, Anderson directed a short film also titled Bottle Rocket, starring the Wilson Brothers, and it was released in 1994 and serves as the basis for this feature film. Three friends plan to pull off a simple robbery and go on the run. I'm Gabe Beanendahl, film instructor, filmmaker, movie enthusiast, and I'm joined by Alan Martindale, veteran podcaster and editor. Alan, how the hell are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Um, Did you like that? synopsis the synopsis is, about is 10 words it's perfect but it doesn't describe it and that's kind of how it usually is three friends plan to pull off a simple robbery and go on the run it almost seems like it's a, nothing it's yeah. a big fat zero yeah yeah and it, it, it almost seems like it's going to be a crime drama or something like that which it's not are you i mean so are you i suggested this movie yeah just, and honestly, to be honest, the only reason I did is because we did Paul Thomas Anderson. And I was like, well, Wes Anderson, you know, it's just the Andersons. Andersons. Yeah. So, so that that's, makes sense. that's why I suggested I, don't, I didn't have any relationship with this movie, really. I like Wes Anderson. I'm not, I'm not like a huge fanboy, but I like him a lot. I, yeah, do I'm you have, uh, you kind of feel the same yeah, way? Yeah, I'm the same. I was thinking about that on the way over. I was thinking, do I like, like if I was to put a top 10 filmmakers together mm-hmm. my top 10 like he's not going to be in the top 10 right for right me, you know um but i do it's not that i don't like his movies either like i enjoyed this film for mostly and there's some sure. things we'll, we'll dig into that were whatever but uh i think for me like if i'm looking at, at wes anderson uh life aquatic with steve zizou is my favorite Oh, for I mean, it's the best. It's the best. I, I haven't seen all of them. Like, and people are gonna kill me for this, but I haven't seen the Royal Tenenbaums. It's pretty good too. I, I hear that that's right up there. It's right up with there. his bet. But I've seen Grand Buda- Budapest Hotel, Darjeeling Limited. I didn't like Darjeeling Unlimited. I thought I I liked it. I mean, yeah. it, it it's it is what it is. It's Wes Anderson. You it know, is, it's yeah. it's gonna have all the tropes of his movies. It's gonna have um, the same cast pretty much. Uh, anything Bill Murray's in, I'm going to love. I think that's the big thing on Life Aquatic is yeah. that. And, and so here's the thing. I teach that intro to film class at the college. That's in my portfolio. Is it? I forced them to watch Life Aquatic. Uh, well, after I. So I watched this one and I it's it's his first film. I watched Bottle Rocket. It's his first film. So I didn't I felt like I didn't get the full Wes Anderson experience. So afterwards, I put on the Life Aquatic. And I came, I came to a realization that you can absolutely have too much Wes Anderson in one day because I got about, and I liked, I liked that movie a lot, but I got about halfway through and I was like, I'm just, I'm kind of over this right now. Like, it's just, I get the style, I get, you know, everything and it's fun, but I'm kind of just done. No, I think that's, that makes sense. I think you can only take him in small doses. Yeah, for sure. I for agree sure. with that. 
Look, when we talk about these, I always have to like for somehow put out some kind of disclaimer, which is like I'm not trying to like harp on Wes Anderson. Right, right. Or be come across as a complete dick about who Wes Anderson right, is. Right, exactly. But you're right. You can only take him in small doses. And he's not in my top 10 of filmmakers right. of all time. With that said, he's got a fantastic style and it's uniquely his own. You know, that's the one thing that we talked about Paul Thomas Anderson last week. I mean, these are kind of directors that you can look at and distinctively know that it's their movie. For sure. And even in Bottle Rocket, I don't know how you feel about this, but I could get the glimpses of his style in there. It's not as heavily laid in as his subsequent films, I don't think. Mm -hmm. But there's there's little hints of where he's going directionally, like aesthetically in the future. It's in Bottle Rocket. Oh, for sure. There's a lot of the camera movements, a lot of the weird framing. You see the glimpses of what's going to become his style later on. Um, some of the writing, too. Uh, and I didn't know that Wes, Ant or uh, excuse me, Owen Wilson uh, co-wrote this movie with him. I had no idea. I only realized that at the credits. Yeah, me yeah. too. Um, I think, and, and, and we get into the writing a little bit. I think just to kind of sum up Wes Anderson too, like similar to last week's podcast with Paul Thomas Anderson, like these are true directorial. They're 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 artists. They're art. They're auteur. They're they're you know what I mean that 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 phrase of using auteur and like what it means in film like these are guys that whether you like their stuff or not that fit into that mold no doubt yeah. no doubt um owen wilson writes with him on this one i think wes anderson's a good writer uh if you look at his other things I, and i believe he's actually been nominated for academy award for royal tenenbaums um so when it comes to writing and maybe even oh moonrise kingdom Oh, that's that was right. A good movie. That's a good one. That's a good one. When you get once again, you go back and you get Bill Murray. Oh, for you're sure. You're gonna win. Well, well, and it's hard with Wes Anderson because I do think his stories are really, really good. I really enjoy them, but I just feel like we get so caught up in the style that it wears a little thin. Yeah, I like the style, but it just it's like I've seen it. I, you've seen one Wes Anderson movie. You've seen all of them. Yeah. Which sucks because the stories individually are really good stories and I enjoy them. But I just, at some point, it's like I, I, you don't need to frame everything right down the center. Not everything has to be symmetrical. Yeah. Not you don't have to do that pan shot every five seconds. It yeah. just, it's a little, it, it wears on me a little bit. He definitely likes to carry the camera. In other words, like there's a lot of in areas where there's a lot of movement. Right. Uh, single shot mm -hmm. all the way through, or like something in Life Aquatic when he's working through the boat. And right, it's just right. panning all back and forth, tracking through the whole entire book. Right. But yeah, I, I think I get what you're saying. I think that's what we were alluding to is that you can, you can, he's good and we enjoy his work, but you got to take it in small doses. Yeah. I, I think I'm just not the type of person who's going to be a Wes Anderson fanboy. And yeah. there are a lot of them out there. There's people, a lot of them. people love him. And I not, no, nothing against that. That's great. But yeah. just not, not my thing to devour. Everything. There's some that I haven't seen, admittedly. Uh, more, I, I, his two um, stop motion films. Oh, the Fantastic Mr. Fox. I haven't seen Fantastic Mr. Fox, and I haven't seen his more recent one, Isle of Dogs, which aesthetically, once again, his design eye is beautiful. I think it is. It, it, whether you like it or not, like there's an appreciation for it. It's like he's able to like build a world that's aesthetically pleasing. If you were to just look at 
look at it for right but but at some point i do agree with you you get tired you couldn't stare at it forever yeah yeah, yeah. which is probably true to any piece of art really you don't want to oh, for sit sure there and look at it forever for sure you know um but i like him overall i think he's a, a good director and he kind of falls into the modern day auteur so what do you think of the wilsons i love them yeah i mean owen and uh owen and luke and luke and then this is the only movie this probably be part of the trivia, but this is the only movie where Andrew Wilson's in it too. All three brothers are in the same movie. I'm not even gonna lie to you; didn't know there was an Andrew. I didn't either, but now, so, so now we have a piece. Of now that I've looked him up, the, I like. Him. I know now that I've looked him up. So the best thing that Owen Wilson has ever done is Idiocracy, in in my opinion. Idiocracy is such a great movie. Have you seen it? I have. Uh, Andrew Wilson is in that as well. He's Beef Supreme. Oh, yeah. I'm he's, the, right he, now. he's like the, the gladiator guy named Beef Supreme, which is the best name ever for a character. Um, so I, I didn't know he was a Wilson. He's he the older brother. He is. Okay. And he doesn't look, he doesn't have that, that look that they have, you know, with the weird nose and the weird kind of face. He's like a surf dude. He's, he's probably the better looking of all oh, three. There's no doubt. They're, which is, which is ironic. Because they're not bad looking either. Right. I mean, they have the distinct features. For sure. Uh, but, but they're, I mean, if you were to put them on, they're okay looking dudes. Sure. Um, but in Hollywood, you would think that the, the better looking brother would be the uber famous one. I mean, in these pictures I'm looking at those, like he's missing a front tooth. <laughs> oh, is he really? Okay. Yeah, like yeah. all the time. Okay. So I don't know if that's for the movie. <laughs> or that he's, anyway. Where is he in this movie? Though? He so, is Future Man. He is Bob's brother. Whoa. Yeah. Doesn't look like him. No, and the pictures I'm looking at now, which are, of course, more recent. Right. That doesn't... I know who he is now, but doesn't look like uh -uh. him. Not at all. Not He's at all. He's got the beard and a long surfer look now. Yeah. Wow. Looks like a totally different person. And totally different from, from his brothers. Totally. Yeah, he doesn't look like he... Yeah, that's crazy. I didn't realize that. Well, that's a good piece of trivia. Yeah, yeah. I think Owen Wilson and Luke Wilson are ph phenomenal. I think they're... To be able to sit in a, and, and kind of carry a movie mm -hmm. with your brother... I mean, the dynamic... It doesn't... It never felt like they... To me, like the, it, they, they felt like two separate characters yeah, for they didn't sure feel like brothers for sure it's it's a distinct thing right like to sit in front of a camera be another character and not have where you have chemistry together but it doesn't feel like you're just two brothers talking i liked what they had they felt like friends they didn't feel like brothers but there was still kind of an underlying chemistry right right i thought they were hilarious i thought they were great i thought they were great too uh especially owen wilson luke luke is a little bit uh, I'm not so he's not going to carry a movie the same way Owen is. Well, I think that pans out later for sure. And you, and not to say he's not a good actor. He is, but you start to see that Owen has the tendency to really carry things bigger as his, his career goes on, you know? Yeah. You and know you, what I mean? You see it right from the get go too with them. Like you see yeah. it right from the get go immediately. Uh, so Luke is, is going to be like the main character. They're both kind of main character, but Luke is the main character. But Dignan, who is uh, Owen Wilson's character, he immediately is hilarious. He's funny. A and you immediately know what his outlook on life is. He wants it to be a, a James Bond or a heist movie. He yeah. wants to live in that world. Yeah. And it's fun. And I think he's he's really... Watching him the entire time, it, it's just... it's He's engaging. Because from the opening scene we get 
uh, Anthony, who's mm-hmm. we'll just call him Luke and Owen. We get uh, Luke in a, a sane asylum, right? Right. Or a, or a, a nut house. I don't know. That's not mental right. hospital. That's or the right. more politically correct way to say. Right. And from a far off distance, there's a <laughs> reflection in the bushes, and it's some person in the bushes, and it ends up being Dignan or, or Owen, and he's trying to like get his attention. He's trying to heist him out or break him right, out of the, right. the he, he it's voluntary mental yeah he can check out anytime he wants <laughs> but in 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 luke's head it's uh we got to get my guy out we got to get him out of there yeah. right right and he's gonna go out of his way to make sure to go right yeah, he's gonna be espionage and spy he's gonna go through the whole process and try to get him out um his character is funny from the beginning anthony luke appeases him it, because the doctor comes in i think it's funny because the doctor comes in and he's like who's that guy over there in the bushes <laughs> right and he's like i got to go through the window because what they've done is had this plan that he's got to he's got to put the sheets together throw it out the first floor and, yep. and get and jump the, down jump down the window and so to appease his friend in his the way that his mind functions in this altered what is it like an altered spy world yeah like, uh, that that heist world is he he appeases him and climbs out the window with the sheets and that kind of becomes the whole theme of the movie that uh owen or luke just wants to he doesn't have the heart to almost break it to owen that this is not how the world works this is not what we're doing we can't live our lives this way because once they're on the they're they're on the they've got out and they're on the bus back to where their home area (laughs) He, <laughs> Luke Wilson's got all these drawings and all these plans. He's got about, a seventy-five year plan for uh, them yes. of, of how they're going to live their lives and what they're going to do and what heists they're going to go on. Right. And he's very, it, you know, he's childish, but he's also delusional, but he's also funny. Yeah. yeah right. Right. It's like all these things. He's very endearing in that way. Well, I don't know. I actually paused and read some of them, and and it's it's some of them are hilarious. And one of them, it's on the last page. It's like well into the 21st century. And he says, look, Anthony, there's no way we can plan this far ahead. He actually wrote that down. <laughs> I mean, some of the things he wrote in there were just hilarious. Yeah. So, But it is, it, it, it kind of goes to show you that he wants, he wants it to be perfect. He's got this view of how their life should be, and he wants it to be perfect. And they, he wants to live a life of crime. But we also find out, like, it's not just him completely delusional. He's actually got a little grounding in that he's really he's kind of a lost soul do mm-hmm. you know what i mean at least that's how i kind of interpreted it because uh he's been we find out that he's been fired from his job as a gardener as a gardener right and that was something that he in his own way for what you know he cherished like that was he liked it yeah it makes sense too i mean everybody you get a job there's purpose there's stuff and it's almost like what i'm getting at is he's kind of lost some of his purpose he, he needs something he and needs he needs something and it's almost like he's living in movies and he thinks this is going to complete his life he needs he needs he needs something big he wants to be remembered he, he just he's he's a child he's yeah. a child who's dreaming yeah and so they, they 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 get back they the first thing that they do once they get back into their town uh is they go and they break in to a house right and they start the first plan is to to rob this house and take all the valuables out, of course, and sell them and, and get money. And it's this montage scene. It's really funny that it's all just put together and just quickly them taking stuff out. And then you find out that that's, Aunt, that's Luke's 
mom's house. <laughs> they were robbing his mom. Right. It was a test run. This is where Wes Anderson's funny because he takes these little... It, what I like about it is he creates these small worlds mm -hmm. where characters interact and they are ex eccentric in their own way, but they, but it never feels unbelievable. Like it always feels like it's a real uh, slice of life. Yep. Uh, even though it's a little absurd that they would go back and rob his own mother, it felt believable. It didn't feel it didn't feel so big. And that's what he does good is creates these tiny worlds with these really intricate characters that are fun well, to watch. It makes sense with what we've seen from these guys already, too, because we know that Owen is very meticulous about planning things out. Yeah. And so this is a test run to see how they do. This is the test run because yeah. they're going to do a bigger heist in just a minute. Exactly. Yeah. But they want to make sure that they're that they're working as a team, that they're getting everything, that they know what they're doing, that they're not going to get nervous. And so it's very, it fits very well with their motivations and what they do. I thought it was funny when after it's over, uh, uh, Owen has taken earrings from Luke's mother mm -hmm. and that ticks him off Well, because it was specifically on the list not to take the earrings. Right. So obviously he did it on purpose. Yeah. And did I, he though? Is that what I, he did? Oh, I think for sure. And I don't, I don't really know why though. Because then he it, it ticks it ticks off Luke, and then what's funny is that he's like, "Well, we should have robbed your mom then." Yeah, yeah. that's he's the like, review. You know, the line that and my wife said she hated this movie. <laughs> <laughs> she, well, no, I didn't. I shouldn't say that. She said it was stupid. Just, yeah, I can I can see that. But like in a way that I'll never watch it again. That's how her her right. position was on it. But she did laugh really hard at this line. When 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 uh, Luke says, "Well, we should have robbed from your mom, your house," and then Dignan gets ticked off and st turns around, and starts walking away, and he's like, "Anthony, you know darn well there's nothing to rob from my mom or Craig." <laughs> <laughs> and my wife said, "That's the funniest line of the movie." But there's a bunch of stuff but like there's that. There's a funny little. Right. I mean, you know, there's nothing to rob from my right. mom or Craig, you know, and it just like it. Those little pieces of dialogue also give you a little insight without doing next a whole bunch of exposition about his backstory in some mm -hmm. to some degree. Um, that there's probably not a whole lot of support from his family, like nothing to rob there, nothing to go back to. Craig, Craig's like the a stepdad, it's stepdad. Right. So you have kind of a dynamic that's built in a simple line, right? You know? um, and and that's just a side note. Too, Is she but, a Wes Anderson fan? Has she seen? His other films? Not, not, no, I don't even think she's seen. Okay. I mean, she, no. Because there is a there is a thing, and I I don't know why I know this, but there are, I've talked to people who are big Wes Anderson fans who don't like this movie at all. Yeah. And I understand. I can see why, but it's still his – we talked about it. His, his fingerprints are all it's over all this. His DNA is all over this. And I think mm -hmm. it must just be that there's not enough quirkiness. As much, that's the only way I can put it is it's – I think it's sprinkled in there. It, it definitely is. I mean, if you if you compared to his later films, but everything in Life Aquatic is like every the scene, whole. I mean, and whole I think that's the thing that got me a little bit is it was just too too much after seeing Bottle Rocket, and it's there's still a lot of quirkiness in there, but it was it was just too much. It was just too much. I need a little I need a little, uh, a little grounding a little bit a little before I can before I can revisit this. And I love I love that movie, but it just even Bill Murray wasn't enough to to carry me through it. He couldn't get you. Not after watching Bottle Rocket. Good old Bill. Good old Bill. 
But yeah, yeah he's the best. Oh, he, everything he does. He's a national treasure too. Oh, put him on the list. Yeah. Put Bill Murray on How the list. How do we national... not have him on the list already? Wait, we, we got to revise. We got to revise. We got to add him okay. to the list. Because we've got that means we've got Dennis, Dennis Hopper, Hopper, Samuel Samuel L. Jackson, Jack Nicholson, and Martin Sheen, and now Bill Murray. And I added in Martin Sheen. You were a little sketchy on it, but I added it in for the iconic reason of like, well, we don't need to talk about it again. But. <laughs> <laughs> Go back to last week. Yeah, it's in exactly. There. Yeah. Watch it last. But I think we can add Bill Murray to that. Okay, for sure. got it. Um, he might be at the top of the list. He's pretty yeah. close. You said that about Sam Jackson. I know. I did. Every time we add somebody, I you're know, like, he I might know. be at the because top. Because I'm seeing it with fresh he eyes. Might be at the top. I'm seeing it in fresh eyes. Um, but this this heist of of uh, Anthony's mom, of Owen's, uh, not Owen's, Luke's mom, it's weird to call them Owen and Luke because they're brothers. Right. And then we're, I'm trying to identify them because people aren't going to be like, who's Anthony and who's Dignan? Right, right. You know what I mean? So it's For a sure. weird dynamic now because I'm calling them Owen and Luke who are brothers, but in this, they're friends and they have different parents. Right. So, But this is a lead up to their next heist. They're going to go rob a... Is it the library or a bookstore? I think it's a bookstore. Okay. That's what I was trying to distinguish. Bookstore makes more sense. Yeah. They're going to... Rob a bookstore. <laughs> of all the places to rob. Now, this came out in 1996. Mm -hmm. So that makes more sense. Sure. You, there are no bookstores anymore. Just Barnes and Noble and Ken. But, what is that? Ken. Uh, but they're not carrying cash. No, they're not. I mean, not not, not, not enough to cash. rob. Not enough to, to motivate a robbery. I mean, nobody. Amazon's destroyed everybody. Yeah. <laughs> that's what who, they do who you know barnes and noble is might as well just call it a wrap just be a starbucks just go just sell coffee yeah. that's all they need just to do Just do a hangout yeah. and sell coffee yeah you lost 10 years ago when <laughs> amazon just stepped on your they're, face they're hanging in there you. for some reason i don't they know are why hanging yeah. in there. but they go to rob and he's got this all he's got this all articulately yeah. laid out too yeah but a bookstore. As if it's like some jewel heist where they're going to go, you know, break in and, and dive over lasers. And well, they and they're dressed that way, too. So they got the the dark coloring, the black colors on the beanies. But what was with the the patches across their the, nose? The nose. Yeah. Things? What was that about? I don't know. And that was that was I, I kind of enjoyed that part because even Bob says, what's with the things on the because they have these weird, they're kind of like, I guess they're Band-Aids over Bob's their nose. And Bob's their friend that they bring in. Yeah, He's Bob the, is. the additional friend. Bob's a rich kid. A rich kid. Uh, both he and Luke are, are rich kids who are kind of, I think they're bored, essentially. <laughs> so I think that's what it is. I didn't, I didn't get that as much. So, so Luke's a rich kid, too. I mean, yes. is it just based on, I didn't get that from the house or from the stuff they stole. I, I got that from when he went to visit his his sister. sister and she's at a private school and she's I, it just i just kind of got that vibe yeah that, no that makes sense um and, and even even she said and I, her name's grace and even she says to him you never worked a day in your life that's true she does have a line so, so. i i think they're both rich kids who are kind of bored uh but i did like and maybe that's why dignan gets mad at him when he says we could have stole from your mom right knowing I, I think that's why full well that there was nothing to steal from i his think mom that's why he's, he's poor for sure yeah um, but I did like the, the little band-aids on the nose because Bob asks him, what's with, what's with the, the things on the nose? And Dignan, who, who's Owen Wilson, says, 
Exactly. <laughs> and I kind of like that little, it doesn't make any sense. And also, by the way, they're bringing full-blown guns. Guns to, to rob this bookstore. Like, store. they went in and prepped out and tested their guns. They got, like, I don't know what they are, but they're, like, big old forty-five revolver. Like, mm -hmm. they're heavy duty. Oh, yeah. And they're bringing these guns to this, to break it into this bookstore. Uh, I thought there was a funny line in there, too, where he meets the old guy in the bookstore. And he's like, he and, and uh, Luke's, not Luke Owens. I'm going to do this every time. I'm just going to keep getting Luke and Owen confused because they have the weird noses. Yeah, they do. And they kind of look the same one with blonde hair, one with dark hair, but where, uh, Owen Wilson is got the gun to the owner of the bookstore, the older gentleman. Mm -hmm. And, and he's like trying to get tough. And I don't remember the exact line, but he's like pointing his gun at him. <laughs> He calls him an idiot. And calls him an idiot and gets mad. Yeah. And then the owner's like, you better watch. Yeah, you better Don't, watch. Call, me Don't call me an idiot. And yeah. then he starts talking politely and calling him <laughs> sir. He starts calling him sir. <laughs> like he's felt bad that he's right. been over the top. Maybe. Right. <laughs> well, I think he responds to authority too. He wants to be a leader, but I think I think he's bent very easily. And let's establish now that he he considers himself amongst the group the leader he, right he right. wants to he's like you guys i'm planning this out i'm in charge here right um so they 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 rob the bookstore and they go i think they go back to go back to uh bob's house yeah you know, to celebrate their yep. robbery is that right yep um, and the whole time dignan who is owen wilson uh keeps telling uh luke that he's he's got this crew that he wants to introduce him to, Mr. Henry. Yeah. And he's got this crew and he keeps showing him this picture and it's James Conn, which is awesome. Yeah, that's that's all that was awesome. I thought about National Treasure, but then I had a tone of Yeah, I know. I was like, eh, I did though close. when I was watching I did it, too, I was actually. Like, is James Conn a National Treasure? I, and I look at the Godfather and I go, Yes. And yep. then I keep working down and I go, Yes, uh, yes, yes. And then there's a few in there that I go, Las Vegas. Yeah, yeah. He he peaked very early. Yeah. Let's <laughs> we'll just say that. Um but yeah, I thought the same thing. Resident of Park City, Utah, actually. Little fun fact. Oh, but he is? Yeah, he is. Currently. Um, like yeah. He resides there now. Yep, he does. But uh, so he, he keeps showing him this picture of, the, you know, where I'm going to introduce you, Mr. Henry, is if we can get this job done. And you don't, this is earlier on in the film, so you don't know what the job is. You don't know that it's a bookstore. But he said he's going to be so happy that we, that we did this job right, that he's going to bring us into the fold and... He's gonna he's gonna introduce us to the whole a whole next level, and this is part of the seventy five year plan. And Mr. Henry, of course, is is a big wig. He's a big wig when it comes to the the heists. Yes, and so uh, Luke mentions, you know, look, he mentions, you know, when are we gonna meet this crew? This is when they're celebrating their their bookstore heist victory, and Owen is like, no, no, don't bring it up, don't bring it up in front of Bob. So, but Luke's built. Luke spills, spills the beans. He pulls out the picture and he shows it to Bob. He's like, this is the crew. We're going to meet these guys. You know, Owen says we're going to meet these guys. And Bob says, that's a landscaping company. <laughs> he got fired from these from this, from his job working for these guys. Yeah. And then we find out that, yeah, it's a front. It's a front. They're still a criminal organization, but it's a front. Did, did Owen know that they were criminals? I, I think so. While or is he just okay? So when I he was working so. there, it wasn't just him as because he actually did 
the yard work. Yeah, he mowed the lawn. Like he, did he, it. he mowed the lawns. Yeah, but like somehow either they talked to him about it or he picked yeah, up it's on it. That's never divulged. But you think that he's obviously he understands what the yes. real deal is. Yes, and that becomes important later on. But why did they? And this is and this may be jumping a little too much ahead. Why did they fire him? Do we know why they fired him? I don't know. Him? I don't know. I can't remember why they fired him. Because he gets fired from the landscaping. Game. Yeah. It, 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 he gets fired, and he says it's the best job he ever had. <laughs> so, I mean, that kind of does tell you that he lost the best job he ever had, and now he is a lost soul. And it yeah. also tells you the, sim the simplicity of his life and what he needs. And when he di divulges to, uh, to, to, to Luke, he says, don't tell Bob I got fired. Yeah, he's that's like, right. That's right. Don't tell. Appreciate it if I, you don't tell Bob I got fired. That's right. I think, and he's so he's obviously embarrassed. Definitely, he's got definitely. Fired. And then they make their way to a to a motel. They're they're on the run now. They're on the lam, and uh, Owen Wilson just having the time of his life, knowing that he's a fugitive. He's loving every second of it, he, and he's living. The, I'm pulling up some notes here. Oh yeah, you're good. Yeah, he's he is. Uh, this is what he wanted. This is why he. I don't think he even cared about robbing the bookstore. I think he just wanted to have this lifestyle because I yeah. think he knew Mr. Henry had it. He looked up to Mr. Henry, uh, maybe viewed him as a father figure, whether that was warranted or not. And I think he he's relishing in this idea that we're fugitives from the law, as if they had just murdered ten people. You know, they've robbed a bookstore. It's it's not the crime of the century here. But Dignan wants to be a criminal. He wants to be a criminal. He wants to. Right. While they're going to this motel, don't forget that they buy, they stop at a fireworks stand. Yes. And this is where they buy bottle rockets. And on the way to the hotel, it's it's Owen Wilson just throwing out cherry bombs and bottle rockets. and Outside of the car window as they're driving down the, the street, the highway. Is there a point? Or is it just fun because they're crazy guys? Or what? Like what? I, I don't I don't know. I Maybe it's just to show how childish he really is because he's just having the time of his life, man. He's yeah, like, he's, he's living like a, it up. a kid in a firework factory. He's <laughs> <laughs> just having a blast. They get to this, they get to this hotel and then, <laughs> then what, what we where are we at? They, once they get to the, and this is where it slows down. I don't down. get what they're running from though, either. No, they're not on the run. Like, because was anyone after, were they just nervous that they had robbed the bookstore and they needed to flee the area? I think this just was the plan. This, I think this was the plan okay, that they had. in the plan. It's like, we're, we're going to pull Rob off this job and, and it's going to be such a big deal that the cops are going to be right on our, our heels. So we got we to gotta blow town. Okay. So and was, we got all this cash and I think they planned that ahead of time, I think. And then they end up at this motel. And this is where the movie just kind of slows down for me. And at the, at the motel. Yes. Th this film is what? 90 minutes, 91 minutes, something like that. Yeah. And this is when I start checking my watch because it's nothing really. Ha I've actually up to this point, I've really enjoyed it. I, I, I don't quite understand why people aren't a big fan of this movie, but now I kind of understand they get to this hotel and nothing really happens other than. Well, Luke, there, there's an inner. Yeah, go ahead. Luke, uh, he, he kind of falls for this, this uh, maid at the motel and he kind of follows her around. It's kind of funny. She's going and cleaning the rooms and he's just tagging along, following around, helping out a little bit. And they develop a relationship and Owen's lonely and he's jealous and he gets his ass kicked at a bar for cheating at pool. And the way that scene shot is really, really done really well, I think. But other than that, I mean, nothing really happens. 
they develop this relationship. That's really the the main part, the main uh, event of this entire section of the movie. And it kind of just, it's like, I get it. Well, while they're on the run to Bob's brother, who gets cut. So there's an, inter- we forgot one thing too, because Bob uh, growing weed in the backyard. Of his parents' house. Of his parents' rich house. So right. his brother gets caught or puts. Because his parents never seem to be there. No, they're in Singapore. Oh, is that where they're at? They're in Singapore. I don't know. There's a, later on when he's at the the country club. That's right. He says, "Oh, I haven't seen him. They're in Singapore, yeah. so they're obviously just flying all around." Well, and I do want to. There's one thing, and I want to see if you understand understand this. Bob's brother, his character name is Future Man. Yeah. And I don't understand that. I tried my damnedest to figure it out, and I I can't figure it out. Maybe I'm not smart enough. Maybe I'm not a big enough Wes Anderson geek. I don't. I, I have no idea what that means. I don't know. I didn't even know Andrew Wilson was a Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I don't know. I don't know why he's called that. I have no idea. But um, but they refer refer to him as Future Man, and Future Man gets busted for for the weed that the weed. that Bob was growing in the backyard. So Bob feels bad, and while they're at the motel, and. Uh, Luke is developing this relationship with Inez. Inez is the maid that he's starting to fall for, right? Mm-hmm. You were saying, I'm basically checking out here for about 20 minutes. Yeah. I'll come back. But the whole time, it's it, there's two things going on. One is Inez getting a rela- building a relationship with uh, Luke, and then Future Man getting busted and Bob feeling... Uh, guilty guilty for it and wanting to go back and see how he can fix the problem yep in the meantime luke or dignan going hey like we, we got to stay to the plan here we got to right. stick to the plan Everyone's, he's feeling left out yeah, he's, feeling, he's feeling like he's getting left behind of his own plan um <clears throat> and then essentially bob just takes the car this scene was funny though because the morning when they when he wakes up, when Dignan, when Owen wakes up, and he's like, he took the car. I can't believe it. He took the car. It's his. He took his car. It is, it's his own car. Yeah, he says he it's took his, own his car. car. Well, it's just like Bob bought the gun that they used to rob the bookstore. Yeah. But Dignan's not letting him play with the gun. He's like, <laughs> the gun that I bought. You know. So they're basically just using using Bob for his resources. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. They're kind of. Well, they're using the he's rich. He's an kid. asshole, man. He's just an asshole. They're using the rich kid. Yeah, they're using the rich kid. He's not an asshole. He's a, he's a naive puppy. He's he is a naive puppy, but it's yeah. kind of an asshole. He's kind of an asshole. I mean, he does punch. He does punch Owen or Luke in the in the in the face later with a screwdriver. With a screwdriver. <laughs> so he's kind of a dick. He is kind of a dick. But no, you're right. I mean, I can kind of see where it slows down here a little yeah. bit. And. In the motel area where, or the section of the, of the movie. Well, and I, I could, I could, I could vibe with it. I could go with it if it led somewhere later, but it's almost like it, it's such, it's the largest section of the movie and it doesn't really have a payoff. They spend so much time at the motel they're, uh, Owen w- or Luke Wilson. God, I'm always going to, I know I've done it twice. I know. He develops this relationship with with Inez, and the only thing you need to know about that is they speak different languages. They they, they can't understand each other. It was done so clunky with them leaving. It, it it seems like it didn't make work. It didn't make any sense because 
Luke says to Inez, uh, I want you to come with us. And she says, I can't go with you. And, he, and so he starts saying, well, I'll stay here then with you. And she says, I don't want you to stay. But then at the end, she has the translator tell uh, Owen that she loves Luke. You, you know, like that doesn't make, it's like, why didn't, I don't understand. I, it, it, the whole thing was done clunky because it was almost like a plea to, for him to not go. So I, I don't understand. I just don't understand. She's just, playing, she's just playing games. She's just a woman, man. That's she's just a woman. Do. That's they play women the games. do. <laughs> so the whole thing. It would, I don't want you to stay. Stay. Yeah, yeah. Go away. No, no stay. stay. I was just kidding. Uh, yeah. You thought what I said. You meant, I meant what I said. <laughs> you listened to me. <laughs> I want you to want to stay. <laughs> it, 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 so that was another part All that drove me crazy. Like I know. I know. Idiots. I, my, my tongue is firmly planted in my cheek right now. I just want to, <laughs> I do want to say that. Um, but they, so they did steal the car. So they, Owen Wilson tried to break into a car. He was thwarted. So he found an old beater in back of a garage or something. It was an old Alfa Romero. Yeah. It but it was all beat cool up. looking car. Yeah. It was all dilapidated. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Beat to shit. And they get away for a little bit until it breaks down on the highway. This was actually, there was something about this scene that made me laugh when they've left finally and the, t mm -hmm. and the car breaks down and truth starts coming out and yep. they start getting into things, you start to figure out like their own motivations. I think the one thing I will say about Inez, right. Um, and, uh, Luke is that because Luke is so confused, like he came from the mental hospital He's just kind of winging it with his friend, Dignan, trying to figure out life. He feels like he's got no purpose. I think for whatever reason, whatever the initial attraction was, he found something in Inez that gave that purpose. I think that's kind of the angle for me that he's taking when, when I watch the film. Sure. And, and that leads up to this scene we're talking about where the Alfa Romero breaks down on the highway and the two of them kind of have a confrontation. And part of it's that, like, Luke's like, why did I, I didn't want to leave? And I wanted to stay with Inez. And he's, like, all serious about Inez. And I think Owen's mad about the 75-year plan. Yeah. It's, fall, it's kind of falling apart a little right. bit. And this is, like, a, so they have a confrontation. Well, and I think in Owen's mind, the 75-year plan was a done deal. Like, it's something that they had agreed on, and yeah. it was going to happen. And There's Luke, no deviation. Exactly. To this plan. And Luke never agreed to it when he was reading the plan. He's like, oh, wow, this is very thorough. You did a great job the whole time. It, it is like an older brother talking to a younger brother, like a kid brother yeah. saying, oh, what a great job you've done. And he, he feels bad for him all the time. And he's trying to placate him because he doesn't have the heart. He doesn't want to break his heart, essentially. Yeah. And I think once he found Inez, it's almost like. The older brother's now a teenager and now he's going on dates and now he's got friends and uh it, it kind of being left behind and also one one piece to the story is that before they left the motel and inez told uh luke that hey i'm not going to come with you i got to stay here i got responsibility and job uh he made owen give her an envelope that's yeah, yes that's a big that's a big and it's a big piece to this fight out on the highway with the broken down Alfa Romero, he made Owen give her an envelope. He was unsure what it was, what it was, but he was just delivering it for him. And then while they're broken down on the highway, 
then during the confrontation, he says to to Owen, Luke says to Owen, hey, did you give her the envelope? Yeah. And then and inside the envelope was all their cash. Right. And they that have... really ticks off uh Owen. Right. He gave her five hundred dollars. Yeah. And and Owen Owen doesn't understand because he still views Inez as the maid. Yeah. He even says you don't give the maid a five hundred dollar tip. Yeah. But he doesn't realize that they have honestly developed a relationship. And he wants to help. And them splitting up was heartbreaking for both of them. Yeah. And he just doesn't get He is a little kid. He's a childish, naive little kid. So much so that he takes a big old boulder, a rock, and throws it at the windshield of the Alfa Romero and just cracks. That was, breaks it. That was oddly satisfying to me. Because <laughs> I've always wanted to do that. To throw a... Just to see what it would feel like to just throw a rock or a brick at a, at a car window. That would be a fun scene to film. That if would you were be the actor. That would be. Hey, take this big old rock and throw it into the windshield. You know. Well, you know what always happens. It never. The windshield. They're they're so tightly composited. Right. That they never like shatter or break. Oh, no, never. Just, like the the object just gets stuck. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and well, it just like creates a little, you know, crater. I'm hoping that one day the Utah Jazz will win a, a title so I can riot in downtown Salt Lake City and I can throw a brick through a window and it's see what it feels like. not going to happen this year. <laughs> Definitely not this year. <laughs> we, I think our chance passed 25 I, years I, ago. I think, I mean, unless we, we draft another superstar, we're not going to happen. There. Yeah, I think so. You're just going to, but in the riot, you're just going to do, you're going to pull a Dignan yeah, and just throw a rock into a car. Everything I can. Yeah. <laughs> You find bricks and rocks and throw them Just through windows. Just be prepared if, if for the arrest. Well, yeah, because it's Salt Lake. I'll be the only one rioting. Yeah. Yeah. It's, this is not, you know, There'll be a Detroit. few others scattered. Yeah. I, I might inspire some. But amongst the huge... Fi- I mean, I, I I agree. You're probably... But there's a pretty rabid fan base for the yeah. Jazz. So but, it might get crazy. And, and, you know, we do have a reputation for being pretty rough. Just not in that way. It's more of... Talking There's to the players, like physical aggression. That's right, built right. Up. Maybe it's being repressed. maybe, maybe, maybe it'll be how long? Forty years of of just repressed frustration from I mean. never and winning. Just yeah, like could comes be. Up. Could be. And two opportunities where it was real close. Right there. He even took the Bulls to six. Yep. Right there. And Jordan said, "Not today. Not, not now." That was brutal. Damn, Jordan. So glad I brought it up to bring up those horrible memories. Now I can't even get back on track. <laughs> What were we talking about? Uh, this is more exciting than the movie, I'll oh tell you that. Uh, <laughs> they make it back to their hometown, though. And this is where we meet James Kahn. James Kahn. And he is so fucking hilarious in this with his weird uh, My- <laughs> uh, oriental getup he's got going on, his whole Asian thing. He's got the, this, like the, the ninja ponytail. Yeah. It was and- got a man bun. It's it's a man bun. It's basically a man bun. I mean, it's not full blown huge bun, but it's got the man bun feel. Yes, but it's very Japanese. The way it's done is very Japanese. Here's my notes on James Conn entrance into the film. Okay, (laughs) okay. And because you're doing shorthand, right? Right. Because you can't when you're watching, you want to take some notes, but you can't write out full blown sentences. Right. James Conn dash, fantastic. Yes. Dash, just in time. Really? It really seriously. Dash, uh to just in time to pick the story back up. Thank God. Man bun alert. 
<laughs> oh my gosh. Um, but you're right. It was just in time. It was because in time. The movie was losing me. Yeah. And even with the confrontation between Dignan and Anthony. There's a lull in the pacing. It, it was, I was still, I mean, that picked it up their confrontation, but it, it was losing me fast. But this also is the introduction into James Conn, and then James Conn gets into a little, oh, this comes a bit later, before the skerfuffle with James Conn and Future Man in, at the country club, which is funny mm-hmm. when he's throwing out F-bombs and like getting crazy on him and like <laughs> pulling a full-blown Godfather moment. Oh, yeah. from the Godfather. Yep, yep. Um, before that... It's hard. Anytime I see James Conn, he's just sunny if, to me. Yeah, I know. I, it, For sure. Imprinted into my brain. Always. Um, he's kind of started, got gotten back into Buddy the Elf's dad yeah. in, in some ways too. <laughs> That's true. You know what I mean? That's true. Um, but, but before that, just before... If we just take a step back uh, during the uh, confrontation on the highway between Luke and Owen, when he finds out that he gave Inez all the 500 and that really ticks off Owen Wilson, they have a bit, they have a fight and physically they separate ways, but Owen's punched him in the face with a screwdriver and they left on bad terms. They get back to their hometown Bob and Luke are working odd end jobs, mm-hmm. right? They're doing like paper out paper. Uh, no, they're like 25 year olds. <laughs> I know. Paper. That was actually funny. <laughs> like why do they're doing paper outs, little odds and ends construction jobs, whatever it is. Um, and, and even in that, in that dialogue or that oh, voiceover, sorry. He says, the work life's not cut out for Bob. Like <laughs> Bob's not used to, <laughs> right. He's a rich Bob, kid. He's a rich kid. He doesn't know yeah. how to work. But what was funny is uh, when he's walking down, he's run doing, he's taking a, Luke's taking his dog for a run and then a car pulls up and Owen Wilson gets out and he's in a yellow jumpsuit. And that was funny. And he, he's basically trying to reconcile. He's like, I'm back mm-hmm. in town and I'm in with Abe Henry. Abe Henry's <laughs> James Conn. So the 75 the year plan can get back on track essentially. Yep. And he goes to find uh, Luke so that he can ask for his forgiveness for leaving the way that they did. He's like, a, you know, so, but he's in this ridiculous yellow. I thought jumper. he'd gone to prison or something. I wasn't sure what the hell it was. I thought it was funny though. I it was funny. Setup. Yeah. Um, he, he does a, he does an apology. And I thought it was funny that he asks him, he's like, he, he says something like, you want to shake hands? <laughs> and then that's how they reconcile. Right, right. Uh, and now they're back on track. And then they're at the country club. They're with Bob. They're now in with Abe because Owen is in with Abe. Well, Owen is mulling it over first. He's, he doesn't know if he wants to get back, in if he game. wants to do this. Yeah, he, because he's been following Dignan around. Dignan's kind of giving him nothing but trouble. His, plain, his plans don't really, they're just, they're childish. And... But then we see Future Man kind of bullying Dignan. But when they do that reconciliation, he also introduces him to Applejack. That's right. Which That's is the Applejack. These are the random characters. <laughs> They're not overly significant, so don't get bogged down by them. Right. But the They're names great and names. The little great things. Names. Like, hey, right. Let me introduce you to my new guy that's part of the crew. His yeah. name's Applejack. I love it. Yeah. And, uh, but we do see Future Man bully Dignan and immediately 
Luke Wilson goes back into kind of older brother. Like I feel well, sorry for him. Well, that's the motivation him. for him to go. I got to support him and get back right, into it. With him. Right. And he, he's begging me to come back into the crew or to get into this crew. I'm going to do it because he just got bullied. And, and the, the three conditions were great. It was like, you got to have Bob because Dignan is still pissed at Bob for take, taking off of the car. He also says, you have to mastermind it, which I thought was great. And you got to get me one of those jumpsuits. <laughs> What the hell are you wearing? Yeah. It's a jumpsuit. Clay, look at this guy. He looks like a rodeo clown. <laughs> he looks like a little banana. Where are you from anyway, man? I'm from around here. This guy used to mow our lawn. No shit. Yeah, he was great. Clipping the hedges, sweeping up, mowing the lawn. <laughs> what was the name of your little lawn mowing company? The Lawn Wranglers. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Keep up the mowing, Kimasabi. It was, it was, it's landscaping, not just mowing. Oh, man, don't listen to that guy. I don't know. Sometimes I, I mean, I'm not always as confident as I look. Did you see what he had on? Yeah, it's pretty cool. All right, well, wait a second. Jason, wait a second. I knew you'd be back. Three conditions. One, you mastermind the plan. Two, Bob's on the team. Let's hear the third one. Gotta get me one of these jumpsuits. <laughs> you like these? Yeah. Done. Deal. All right. You're doing the right thing, Anthony. Yeah, I know. Alright, I'll see you later on. Need any help? No, I think I got it. Okay. Totally an older brother the younger brother. Saying, yeah, all he, right, guy. When he pulled up on the the fifty CC motorcycle. Yeah. <laughs> it was like a little bit dumb and dumber action. I the whole, that was my immediate thought was that's Lloyd Christmas right he there. He totally that's Lloyd it was Christmas. hilarious when he yeah. did the pull up and then turned around and did the skid out and then came back up and tried to get. <laughs> Tell him. me that wasn't straight up Dumb and Dumber. You know Wes Anderson was ripping that off. Oh, for sure. From Dumb and Dumber. For, for sure. sure. Well, and the best part is like get on. <laughs> There's no way he's going to be able to fit on that that little thing with him. Uh, uh, that but, was funny, but you're right. There were the three things, and that kind of leads uh, Luke back into the game, so to speak to go to, to team up with him for another heist, but this time with, with Abe Henry, the big dog, yes. James Conn. So now it feels like now this might be a serious thing because we actually have someone who's very successful. He's got a criminal enterprise or whatever it is. Uh, he's also got kind of a landscaping business, which I assume is just a front. And so maybe this thing will actually be done correctly. And they're going to do a heist on, a cold storage a cold storage facility or whatever it is. I don't even know what that is. I don't know. I assume they store meat. I don't That's know. That's what, what I would assume. It's called I don't, Hinkley Cold Storage. And I don't, I don't know, know where they think they're getting a lot of money. I don't know why they picked this place. But but I think it's all just him getting 
getting conned by con. Oh, totally, totally. But I actually didn't. I had no idea that was going to happen. That was a good one. Let's reveal that in a minute. And it was it was done very well because even James Con the night before the big heist, he says, "You want me to come in with you?" He's yeah. he's talking to Dignan. Do you want me to come in with you? And Dignan, we know he likes to plan things. We know that, and James Con knows that. He says he's by the way when they're planning this one, and he's trying to convince uh, Luke to come in on it. He's all only the key ingredients. He says dynamite, pole vaulting, laughing gas, choppers. <laughs> Choppers. This is what you it, it revisits the idea once again that he's just in La La Land. Yeah, exactly. Like in his own exactly. world. Uh, but he does. He tells James Conn, I, "I would like to 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 head this one. I'd like to do it myself. It'd mean a lot to me." And James Conn played it. Very, I mean, Plays super super smart. Yeah. And so then they they go in to do the heist, and by this point, uh, but, and but everybody's got yellow jumpers now. Everyone does. Hell yeah! Not conspicuous at all. When you're trying to pull off a heist <laughs> at all. Um, but right, uh, we should also mention that before this, Luke has, has uh, got in communication with Inez again. And it looks like things are going to turn out well yeah, for Yeah, he's them. told her that he loves her. Yes. and so, But then they go in, and it all goes to shit immediately. Luke doesn't want to be there. Bob doesn't want to be there. They kind of blow the whole thing. And I, I don't remember how it all went wrong, but I know it just went to shit. Some workers came back when they shouldn't. Guys weren't in their positions, and it just became a disaster. And you got to give it to Dignan here because he kind of grew up a little bit. But here's here's I I gotta drop a line here that's funny. When they're at Hinkley Cold Storage and they're doing the robbery, things go all over. That like you just mentioned, it's uh you had there's there's a whole bunch of players involved now because you had you have Applejack who's part of the crew. Mm-hmm. You had Dignan, who's Owen, Anthony, who's Luke. You had Bob, who's the rich kid. And you also have Kumar. Kumar. Um, but when everything's going crazy, the when he, <laughs> this, this line, once again, there's these little one-liners right. that will come in. And he's like, drop your smoke bomb. <laughs> and he throws this smoke bomb. And it's like, and like everybody it, who they're holding up with guns is looking at him like, what is going what, on? Yeah. Is this, they're actually thinking, is this real? Right. Oh, for sure. Because it obviously feels completely like nobody knows what they're doing. Exactly. Amateur. I just thought that he said, drop, drop your smoke, dump, smoke bomb. It kind of sums up that character perfectly. It and, sums up everything. And for everyone who's listening, there was no reason for the smoke bomb. No, not like at it all. It wasn't of course doing not. anything. Right, right. Uh, you know, but he but just wanted to drop I'm gonna, it. I'm going to give Dignan a little credit here. I think he planned this job pretty well. I think he had all his bases covered. I think he did the legwork. They knew exactly what was going to happen. They couldn't have planned for Bob deciding to leave his post. They couldn't have planned for the workers to come back early because they never come back early. I, I think he did his legwork. I just think everyone around him just didn't do theirs. It failed, and then Applejack gets caught inside because I think the elevator didn't work yep. that they were using. So Applejack's inside. Everybody comes running out in a... In, 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 fran- in a frantic mode. And Applejack had a heart attack. Yeah. <laughs> he had a heart attack. And the very important thing is, while this is happening, it cuts to a shot of James Caan with a moving van cleaning out Bob's house. Yeah. Just that was the heist. That was the heist. That was the actual heist. That was a good reveal. I did not, like you mentioned, I didn't anticipate that at all. I didn't either. I didn't either. 
I wasn't quite sure what was going on. But you on. know James Conn wasn't going to sign on to do this film without being a badass. Oh, of course not. Do you of know course, what I mean? Yeah, of course He does not. some funny one-liners, and he actually plays the karate suit and does right, all this right. campy funny stuff. But you know he's going to get his at the end and be... It's always going to, in be. some way, go back to that gangster. It's got to be. It's got to be. <laughs> Love it. Um, and then, But, you know, here's where Dignan kind of grows up. This is his moment. They're, yeah, this is this was well done too. I thought. When I it thought comes so to too. Character development. I thought so too. Because finally he makes a change. I, throughout the whole movie, he's been like, "Oh shucks, poor me." Like I'm, you know, and he's 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 a dreamer, and he he doesn't like being left alone. He doesn't like his quote unquote older brother moving on without him, going and getting girlfriends. This is where he grows up because Luke Wilson says Applejack's stuck inside. I'm gonna go in, and Dignan says, "No, I'll go get him." Yeah, he and says, even though Luke says, you know what's going to happen if you go in there. He's basically saying you're not going to get out. You're going to get arrested because the cops are coming. You hear the sirens, but he goes in anyway. Yeah, he says he says to him, who's in charge here? Ah, that's right. That's right. Because he, he, he's referring back to him being right. the leader. And then he goes, you got to give me this one. He's like taking full blown responsibility. Yep. So uh, Luke gets away. Owen goes back in. That was funny. When he went in to free him, and then the cops start chasing him. Yeah. And there's a lot of one-camera single shots, the Wes Anderson, just following him right. through the different places. And then he gets, he gets caught by the, by the authorities. Yeah. And I, I, loved, I loved it because one of the cops hits him. Yeah, and then the, 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 the quick jump cuts there are funny. It just keeps yeah. doing repeats and yeah. uh, you know, different angles of him just getting beat up. Yeah, and I thought it was great. I thought, it was, I thought that was done very well. This is where you really kind of saw Wes Anderson's DNA in this, at least with how it was shot. And I love that. That was a lot of fun. Um, and then it cuts to Owen Wilson in jail. And uh, Bob and Luke come and visit him. And basically we get a little bit of exposition. says one month down, 23 to go. So he got two years for that, for that job. And we also get uh, Rolling Stones track. That's true. There's a Rolling Stones track here at the end. Uh, 2000 Man plays. That's true. Of I thought this I only bring it up because this film was 5 million dollars in budget. How much of that song comes? And, <laughs> <laughs> and just based and it's I mean it's well done. I'm not t- it is what it is. Mm-hmm. But probably 2.5 million of that was for yeah, the Rolling Stones. Exactly. Song. Exactly. For one song. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I, I kind of like this, this little line in there when they come to visit him and obviously, which obviously means that Bob and Luke didn't get caught. He was able to, yeah, take the rap. And he says, he, he says, you know, I told them in the, in the interrogation that when that, when that cop hit me, he must've given me CRS syndrome. Can't remember shit. <laughs> And I thought that was a cool little line. Yeah. And it's also not what you would expect from that character. Yeah. So he is fully grown up. He's grown up and he's taken full responsibility and not going to throw anybody under the right. bus. Even Bob, who he, like, you could kind of see him doing that for Anthony, for, mm-hmm. for uh, Luke, because he had a little more kind of love and respect for him. Right. But he didn't really love Bob. No. In fact, he, he was pissed at Bob. He, he wanted to fight Bob. Right. That was a funny scene. There's some other little funny scenes that are just kind of there, but don't have any kind of control over the story but as you watch it there's little laughing moments of yeah and it's primarily coming from owen wilson for sure oh he he carries this movie yeah for sure and i think maybe that that middle section 
where it dragged for me. I think that might be because Owen Wilson's not. He's not as heavily he involved. He doesn't play a big part in that. Mm -hmm. And that might be. I think maybe if he was sprinkled in there a little bit more. Because when he is in there, like when he, when, when Luke and Inez are in the pool and he's like, hey, can you mind if I take a dip? You know, like it's just the little things he does are hilarious. Yeah. And it engages me more. I mean, that's that becomes a pretty common theme. I mean, whether you like Owen Wilson films or whatever he's chosen to do since then, but he can kind of he can, you know that he's got the power as an actor to control the camera, right? And control he can the turn scene. it on for sure, yeah. for sure. Yeah, I can see that how people might see it's a bit much at times. I don't think it is in this movie. No, I think, I think it's it's a perfect amount it, of Owen. You're in trouble. I agree, hundred <laughs> uh, percent. So, and basically, there it kind of leaves on a joke where Owen Wilson's like, "All right, you have thirty seconds. Take out the guard on our way out. I'm have a car running." And and Bob and Luke are like, "What? What? What's going on?" You know. And then he's just joking. Yeah. Because he's come to the realization that he's ridiculous. Everything he's doing is is probably a little over the top, and yep. he's trying to get a little more realistic. He also says, "Isn't it funny that used to used to be in the nut house, and I'm in jail." Yeah. <laughs> and then he walks back in and looks back at him like it's almost a badge of honor. Yeah, I'm in jail. Right, right. I'm a criminal because that's what he wanted he earned to be. It. He, he earned to be. He earned, he earned it. it. And that was always his his goal. And yeah, you know, when he gets out, life. he's going to be telling stories about the big house. Yeah. About the time he's locked up. Yeah. And the time when I dropped that soap. <laughs> <laughs> and then that's it. No, that's, he's going to come out and he's going to be a changed man. Oh, totally, totally. He's going to be tattooed up, <laughs> teardrop from the eye. Join the Aryan Brotherhood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's, yeah, I mean, that's kind of how it ends up, right? That's kind of the, the conclusion. Yeah, Cut to Black, directed by Wes Anderson, and then it roll credits. And I, so, yeah, I mean, it, it is what it is. It's, it's definitely Wes Anderson. It's not full-blown quirkiness, but it's definitely there. It's there. Yeah, and I mean, it, it was introduced into the Criterion Collection in 2008. So, you know, Criterion, just so everybody knows, Criterion Collection, it's a distribution company. And they focus on licensing films that have important classic and contemporary films. So, like, that have some kind of importance, whether as a classical piece of cinema or something contemporary that mm -hmm. falls in, you know. For sure. And and even though, you know, this film is what it is, I think it, I can see where it falls into that in the sense of independent filmmaking in the mid-90s when you're just trying to make, you know, like right. the evolution of independent film from that point it on. Feel, it feel, it, it's, <clears throat> I would say it's it's in the same ilk as the National Film Registry. Yeah. Maybe not that, as selective. It's, it's not quite that tier. Right, But right. it's probably just below. For sure, for yeah. sure. Uh, and just kind of by chance, the last like four or five movies we've done have been I know. Criterion Collection. And then not even, not on purpose Not whatsoever. intentionally, no. Definitely not. So what, what did you think? What were, your, what were your parting thoughts? So overall, I, it kind of falls in line with what we talked about before. I think Wes Anderson's a good filmmaker. I mean, he is uh, distinctively visual and has really cool aesthetic and imagery. I think I might have said this before, but I really think it's true. It's it's hard to take something that's written and make it visual. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not an easy task. People go, I could do that. Well, and you can, right? People can do it. But it's not as easy as it looks. So to be able to... Uh, and so I think what I like about this film is 
that he's able to create good characters, create a world that is unfamiliar to me. Like that's not a world that I'm associating with. And I think he's sticking to things that are kind of familiar to him and kind of putting his own little nuances into things and taking the writing and making it a real world. Yeah. Like it's an atmosphere, whether it's one you love or don't love, doesn't matter. And I think he distinctively does that in all of his films, like we talked about. When you like watch Life Aquatic, it becomes a little more surreal. Mm -hmm. But this is a real world. It's not really surreal. It's a bunch of characters just trying to figure it out who happen to be, I would say, dynamic and eccentric in their own way. Yeah, I agree. So I like the film. I think it's good. Um, I don't agree that and and i don't want to steal any of the trivia here but there was one thing that stood out and i think you probably saw this when you're doing your research which i thought was interesting and it kind of sums into to my summer to my uh, summation of this film is that martin scorsese considered this in his top 10 films of i guess the 90s that's very interesting to me so i couldn't say that i i, I, I couldn't say that i mean there. There's no accounting for taste, I guess. And it's Scorsese, but I'd be interested to know what other films he has on that list. Because if you even told me top 50, I don't think this would crack the top 50. Maybe not even the top 100. I mean, I'd have to look at them all, but... Yeah, I might be a top 100 for... Well, I think if you put it in context of outside... I don't want to say the studio system because it was Columbia Pictures and Reicher Entertainment, but I just mean lowball in independent. Mm-hmm. It 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 kind of helped catapult some things into that auteur idea again. So like someone who's not in this big, he's not in the studio system. So right, to speak. right. He becomes, I think, for that reason, maybe it has a little bit of that, but just overall, it I don't think it's a a top ten nineties film. No, yeah, I think context-wise I can understand it, but it just, you know, it's a, like a lot of films we watch from, from the first-time filmmakers. It, it's it, it's a little rough. It's rough at spots. And one, one thing I've realized, the more we do episodes like this, the more I realize pacing seems to be a, a huge issue with first-time feature film directors. Yeah. And more than anything else, more than the technical problems or anything like that, it seems pacing seems to be the the toughest thing to tackle early on in in careers. Yeah, because you don't know either when to stop, you know what I mean, or when to re-pivot. I can see that for sure. I I like the movie. I think it's a good one. I think you should watch it. Particularly, I think, even for those uh, Wes Anderson heads out there that don't like, some people, I guess, don't like this particular film. Um, but I, I, I like it. I think you should you should give it a watch. I've, I I would um, I'd be a little bit prepared for the slower pacing in the middle, but I'd be also prepared for just unexpected laughs during certain lines of dialogue, particularly coming from Owen Wilson's character. I like the Wilsons together. I think they're I funny. Do too. It's there's a dynamic there um, that's beyond just kind of brotherly. Like they're both good actors to be able to carry the camera. Like you said, Owen more than than Luke probably. Um, so I would go in with, uh, I'm going to come in at a, at a, at a 6.9. Okay. 6.9 rockets. Bottle rockets. That's dumb. 
<laughs> this one, I was actually when I was watching this, I was trying to think what I was gonna. You're gonna well, you're gonna. Yeah, and it was very. Score. I came up with one, but it's very difficult. Um, I'm gonna go six point nine, yellow jumpsuits. Oh, that's a good one. I wish I would have thought of that's that. A one. Long one, but that works. Um, let me give a, a couple trivia. I only have like two or three. Uh, one, I guess what the every year they have a big party to celebrate this movie at the motel where it was shot because it started in, in 2011. I guess it, the, the motel was not doing well financially, so they, they threw a big party to help save it and it pulled through and, they, and it's still there. And so every year they, they have a big party. And I don't know if Wes Anderson's involved. I don't think so. I think it's just fans. Uh, He's if, probably not. He's like, yeah, I know. Screw that shit. <laughs> exactly. Well, can you imagine there are a lot of fans of this? This isn't the Big Lebowski, you know? Like, yeah, it doesn't uh, have the, quite the following. Exactly. But, uh, and then the other one I have, which I thought was pretty cool, because I'm big into music. I, I do a music podcast, too. And um, in addition to this one in my, in my sports one, so I thought it was cool to hear that Mark Mothersbaugh from Devo actually did the music for this film. Oh, really? Yeah. That I is thought it was cool. very interesting. Um, the film was shot in Dallas, Texas entirely, in Hillsboro, which is a suburb, I guess, of Dallas, Texas. Wes Anderson's from Texas. The Wilson brothers yeah. are both from Texas. And that was actually going to be my, my third piece of trivia. Is I wanted to steal it from you. It, I read it in your eyes. Well, actually, I was like, he's going to talk about Texas. Oh, I am. I guess... Um, Owen Wilson met Wes Anderson when they were both at the University of Texas. Yeah, there's some big names that came out of that. That it's crazy. Film department down there's got some. Chops Never would have thought. Never would have thought because they came out of there. I know there's um, uh, Matthew McConaughey. At least he started there. I don't Did know he? if he ever finished his degree, but yeah. he started down there because he was doing a film for. Help me, dazed and confused. I just uh, Richard Linklater. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, they got some chops down. And he's still obviously a big University of Texas fan. Linklater. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, McConaughey. M McConaughey. He's yeah. at all the football yeah, games. Yeah. So they got some they got some some peeps down there doing their thing. Yeah, pretty cool. Um I would say, like I mentioned, and I kind of read this before, but Anderson directed a 13-minute short film titled Bottle Rocket. The short film was in black and white. It also starred Owen and Luke Wilson. That had a similar plot, and that's what later became the feature. The short film screened at Sundance in 1994. So I think this, in some way, was uh, it catapulted from a short film with the same story, same mm -hmm. characters, and led itself into a feature. What I find interesting is that it didn't translate, at least commercially. The film was not successful because it was a they had got financing from Sony Pictures, or at least they were the distribution company, Columbia Pictures. It also says, here's here's an interesting one that I thought. Uh, Gracie Films. Yeah, James L. Brooks. James L. Brooks. And if that sounds familiar, it's because... That's Simpsons. That's the Simpsons. But James L. Brooks has also directed a lot of feature films yep. that were very prominent, uh, very good films. I think well put together films, right? Um, anyway, he was he was a backer on this too in some capacity. Five million dollar budget, and then box office five hundred sixty thousand. Ooh, bad. Ooh, bad. So much so oh, that that's so bad. <laughs> Luke Wilson was like, "I didn't do good. I'm going to join the Marines." 
Oh, really? That's what it says. I knew. I knew he was a a veteran, but I didn't know he uh, he joined after because this. well because he it, it just didn't think there was gonna be there was nothing to come. I mean, so. I, you can't blame him. Um, but he got a star in a movie with James Caan, so that's cool. That's what yeah, I would have thought dude. if I had, if I had been him. And his career did just fine later, right? But like. I got to be in a movie with James For the rest Conn. of my life. I, that, that'd be the story I tell to everybody. Yep. So give, uh, give your rating. Where are you sitting? I am sitting at 6.5 James Conn karate chops. <laughs> <laughs> I had to reach for that one. We both had a reach, I think. Yeah. Uh, that's a pretty good one, though. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes has it at an 85% certified fresh. Hmm. Interesting. Is that right? I think so. IMDb was not that high. I know that. Eighty-five percent. Um, for that, that's oh. from the critics, and then eighty percent from the audience. That makes sense, though. Actually, IMDb is much higher than I thought. It's seven point oh. So they're just right above me. Yeah, they are. See, they need to get their one tenth decimal points because they, they got to figure that you gotta, out, man. You can't it's ridiculous. Coming in at a seven. No. Seven even. That's ridiculous. no hard that's eight. A cop out, man. Say <laughs> no hard eight. <laughs> Let's go six point nine. We're you're you're six point five though. Yeah. So uh, so we're we're in we're in the same ballpark. We, oh, we definitely are. The good parts are really good, actually. Yeah. Like it's actually very engaging. Just the the slow parts just took me out of it. Yeah, I agree. Well, that's good. Thanks for uh, jumping on there. This has been. Oh wait, real quick. Oh yeah, go ahead. Can I make a? And you don't have I to do have it. You close this out, by the way. No, you're good. Can I make a and you don't have to do it? Can I make a suggestion for the next movie? <laughs> yes. I'll make a suggestion. Do you know what Tim Burton's first feature it was? I know what his first one of his short films was. His, his first feature. His first feature. You're not going to believe it if you don't know it. Oh, it's Pee Wee. It's Pee Wee. Yeah, Pee Wee's Big Pee-wee. Adventure. It's, it's a great film. <laughs> It's I so made, good. I made all my kids. My kids are 11, 9, and 7. Yeah. Last year, sometime in the summer, uh, full-blown, it was a peewee night. We watched it. Oh, did you? I forced them. They loved it. Oh, yeah. How my, can you not? My daughter loves Peewee's Playhouse. She saw his new movie that was out on Netflix. I made her watch it, actually, this last weekend. She loved every second of I, it. I show my it's kids. It's actually funny. All the 80s uh, TV shows. Yeah. Well, it, it, Peewee's like, Playhouse. And then I even take it back to, like, the more educational ones like reading rainbow yeah, yeah, mr course. roger i make them watch those because they're good they're really good they're really good you know but uh, it's actually funny there are some lines in there that i was literally laughing out loud so take it under consideration we don't have to do it well we'll do it i don't know if it'll be next week okay but we're gonna do it for but sure co-wrote co-written by phil hartman Ooh. i don't know if you knew that i did not know that yeah i did not now who did did Tim Burton write it too? No, it was it was, it was uh, Paul, Rubens Paul Rubens and Phil Hartman wrote it. Okay, yeah. and then Tim. Tim I love Pee Wee's Big Adventure. That's it's going to be on the podcast. It, it traumatized me as a kid. There were some parts in there that, when I was a kid, it scared the shit out of me. I mean, me. Large Marge will come at you. But even that clown out, outside when he loses his bike. That clown behind you? No, not that well. That, that one, the, the, the clown. If and if you're watching you on YouTube, it. you can see it a little bit on camera. Uh, that clown is kind of. It's a little bit of a, a subconscious homage to that clown outside the bike shop when his 
when his bike gets stolen. Yeah. Oh, scared yeah. the shit out of me. No, that it's, I think it scared my son too last year when I didn't watch it. Yeah. And, and then later on, he has a nightmare about clowns dissecting his bike. Evil clown. It's just it. The whole movie's messed up, man. It's so messed up. I love it. I think that's a good one. We're definitely gonna have it on okay. the podcast. Add it to the list. Yeah. No question. All right. This is a Bottle Rocket, nineteen ninety six American. Says crime comedy film. <laughs> I think that's about right. That's about right. Yeah. Directed by Wes Anderson, uh, starring Owen Wilson and Luke Wilson. Uh, this is Alan and Gabe with the Tame Aperture podcast. Go ahead and check us out at www.tameaperture.com and on all streaming platforms. This is the Tame Aperture podcast signing out. Bye, everybody. Tame Aperture podcast is produced by Dutch Angle Pictures in association with Studio B Productions. Listen, watch, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and YouTube.